Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I'll be speaking with an Army veteran who has been work camping for four years. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. John Swinford has had a multifaceted career. A 20-year veteran of the U.S. Army, when he retired from that job, he tried his hand at facility management. When he no longer wanted the responsibility of managing teams of people, he attained his commercial driver's license and hit the road as a trucker. For 12 years, he drove thousands of miles past some very interesting places he always wanted to visit, but didn't have the time or ability to see them. It's very hard to tour a national park with an 18-wheel truck. So four years ago, John gave up an office job and trucking career to become a work camper. He and his travel partner, Debbie, bought a 40-foot fifth wheel and hit the road again, this time not to deliver products, but to enjoy adventure. Now they have an opportunity to park in one area for an entire six-month season to discover interesting things to do that only locals often get to enjoy and to engage in activities that help them learn more about the culture. Most of John's work camping jobs have been in the southwest United States, but he's also spent time in Minnesota and other Midwestern states. The jobs he does are as varied as his career. Some days he's mowing the lawn and painting. Other times he's using heavy equipment or making electrical and plumbing repairs. Campground owners have appreciated the versatility of John's mechanical skills at just about every job he's had. In fact, they are often able to rent equipment for John to use to complete special projects for which they would normally have to hire outside contractors to complete. Finding work has never been a problem for John. After building his resume and posting it online, he's been fielding calls ever since he started work camping. To tell us more about his travel experiences and the work camping jobs he has performed, please welcome John Swinford to the show. Thanks for joining me today, John. I really appreciate your time. How long have you been RVing? Well, uh, uh, four years now, almost to the day. I retired four years ago and uh, pretty much just took off. It was something that I wanted to do, you know, kind of part-time or as my retirement allowed me to. It was something I planned on, and because of life circumstances, I just kind of ended up out here full-time, so what four did years. You, what did you do for your career? 
several things. I, I was in the Army 20 years as an armor crewman on tanks. And then uh, after that, I went into facility management. I got recruited in with a, a corporation that contracts managers out to facilities nationwide and did that for uh, five years. And then I just got tired of managing other people and got a CDL and went on the road as a trucker for 12 years. And then uh, after that, I went right back into uh, facility management and risk management, that kind of thing okay. for the last few years of my working career. So, And what prompted you to jump into the RV lifestyle? Uh, you know, believe it or not, it was when I trucked. I would truck. I've been on every interstate in the United States and a few highways in Canada. I've been above the um, way up in northern Saskatchewan. And, you know, you as a trucker, you would drive past places. I mean, you you can be on Interstate 90 and you would see the Devil's Tower. And I often thought, boy, I'd like to stop and get up close to that place. And RVing allowed me to do that. Uh, it was trucking that did it really okay um you know you look at a weather map and and uh, you'll see all these towns on a weather map and as a trucker you could tell people well i've been to every one of those towns so it's that in the highway systems and just our country i just wanted to see it okay so, so you you were seeing the country as a trucker but not at your own pace basically you had to get that load a, wherever you needed to be as soon as you could right. possibly could Right. And, you know, as a trucker, you weren't allowed to just pull up to the front of the Alamo and check it out. <laughs> what kind of RV do you have? Right now I have a, a 40-foot uh, Durango, a KZ Durango Gold fifth wheel. Okay. Why'd you pick a fifth wheel? Uh, they're easier to pull, uh, safer to pull, easy to back in, just uh, more room. And if you're going to full-time, you want something that's a little bit more durable than than what else is out there on the road. Mm -hmm. So are you traveling by yourself? Uh, no, I have a travel partner and uh, she's also retired. Have you been work camping the entire four years you've been in the RV? No, I would say if you break uh, work camping down to seasons, you know, it's about six months. So uh, four years, that's eight seasons. And I've probably got a little bit over, a little bit over three and a half uh, oh. seasons in as a work camper. Okay. So, what do you like most about the experiences you've had so far? Well, I think being settled in one place and then getting to know that area. For example, my first work camping experience was in San Antonio, Texas. Being ex-military, there's plenty of bases to use as a support system to shop at. So it was a good fit for me in that regard. And then getting to learn the area. I mean, I, I know more about the San Antonio Riverwalk than the tour guides along it. So, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to sit, you know, walk it almost every other day. I, you know, I go down there for lunch and things like that. So it's the opportunity that gives you, it puts you in a place where you can learn more about the, the area. I would agree with That's that. That's what I like most about it. You know, it's just, just to experience that local area, the mm -hmm. restaurants, the off the wall places, not the tour places, but the places that, that nobody goes to, if you will, you know, so That's what right. the locals enjoy. You get to be like a local, right? When you're there right. for, for so exactly. long, then the locals yeah, will tell exactly. you of the other places that you need to go in that area to check it out that right. others wouldn't even yep. consider. Very good. Right. And you, you share that experience with other RVers that come through the area and say, hey, you know, this is where I went for 
for lunch one day and instead of paying a tourist price downtown i paid this price you know and it was much better experience so Mm -hmm. in that regard so where else have you traveled besides san antonio well uh mostly you know southwest united states sometimes because of uh, relatives, if you will, in other situations. It's been Texas, Southwest, and then up here to the Midwest, and you know, mainly Southwest Minnesota. And the short story on that is that I had a friend, a close personal family friend, that owned a campground in Southwest Minnesota, and I helped them uh, with it uh, during their nurse seasons, and helped them get sold to transfer to a new owner. And so my work camping experience has been through him and those new owners. They've asked me to come back and help them out. So I've done that. What kind of jobs have you done as a work camper? Almost everything. I mean, from mowing grass, running mowers to electrical, plumbing, painting, general maintenance stuff, heavy equipment, road maintenance, you know, using heavy equipment. And I think a little bit of it's been to, um, because of my management background and facilities management, I've, I've been able to be of use to people in regards to, you know, systems or, or, you know, cost centers, you know, and how to manage those. So I would say as a consultant sometimes because of your experience, I mean, you know, a lot of these campers are younger people and they just don't. I don't know if they have that mechanical background. Well, here, let's let's back that up. Let's just say that a lot of camp or campground owners, people that they weren't farmers. In other words, I'm I'm gonna sell my farm and, and own a campground. So they don't come in it with a mechanical background or facilities maintenance background. And they, they tend to get overwhelmed by the amount of maintenance that's required. I mean changing oil on zero turn track. Uh, uh, skid steers or, or changing oil and skid steers to maintaining a pool, if you will. So mm-hmm. I kind of brought that with me to get to them. You said you were involved in road maintenance. What did you do for that? Well, you know, we had equipment, uh, you, you know, a lot of these uh, campgrounds and whatnot might have, uh, you know, gravel roads or compacted gravel. They get their share of potholes and whatnot. And, let an owner know what kind of equipment you can use or operate and they can rent it. And then you just bring it on there and, 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 uh, you know, fix their roads in the spring. And then once during the course of the year, and then at the end of the fall, you know, fix the road. And, um, so I just knew how to operate or I was taught and learned how to operate that kind of equipment and not asphalt equipment or anything like that, but just, uh, you know, graders and, and whatnot. No campgrounds have high, uh, rented out a tank for you to help with demolition and things like that? A tank? <laughs> no, uh, you know, sometimes can't use a big piece of equipment or you can't have it in your inventory unless you're going to get um, the cost out of it. And uh, sometimes it's just better just to have to rent a piece of equipment and bring it to the campground, use it for the for what you its intended purpose you know if you have a lot of trees you need to have a uh, a chainsaw for example obviously you know have to know how to use it and whatnot but if you only have a few trees then you don't need a chainsaw you probably need a you know a limb 
trimmer or something. You know, if you have gravel roads throughout your campground, you might need something just to drag it every once in a while behind a tractor. But if uh, for really heavy maintenance, then you need to have uh, a, a system that you can drag behind a, a good tractor and, and drag the roads and smooth them out. So I would just recommend that, you know, instead of having something in the inventory and having to store it, just rent it and then bring it to the campground, use it, take it back. It's certainly cheaper than owning one. So in the long run. That's a good idea. You know, not a lot of work campers have that kind of uh, experience or ability to do that. So it'd be nice for a campground to be able to hire somebody like you, rent the equipment for short term, get the project done and everybody's happy. Right. Yep, exactly. And I, you know, I own, I, I've maintained my CDL from my trucking days. So I've made friendships with uh, people who own farms. And, you know, while I was work camping on my other times, I'd help uh, a particular farmer, I'd help him run his grain. So he'd, he'd pay me to run his grain to market, uh, you know, a few hours here and there. So, you know, it beats sitting around doing nothing, keeps you out of trouble. <laughs> No, you are not work camping right now. Is that correct? Right now, I'm not. No, right now we're dealing with some uh, property issues that that are taking up a lot of our time. So we didn't look for a work camping opportunity. Certainly enough around, and I do have a network uh, that I can go to if they need me. But uh, we chose not to do that so that we can take care of some property issues here in the state, here in Wisconsin. Have you had any problem finding jobs? No. As a matter of fact, I thought that would be an issue. And, uh, you know, I, I built my resume and uh, I posted it on a couple of websites and I had awesome responses. Lots of responses. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> really? It, it was better than I expected. You know, I, I could pick and choose. If a person wants to work camp, I recommend a, a strong resume, just like you were going to do any other job like your career dependent upon it you know an honest resume and and get it out there let people know that you're willing to you know go to distance you know i mean my first work camping job i traveled 1400 miles for you know let them know that you're serious that you're 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 available you know and you're willing and you'll get you'll get some good response i got more responses than i than i ever expected so Okay. So even though you don't have a job lined up in the future, you don't sweat not having one because you know there'll be one. Right. No, I don't sweat it. No, I'm not sweating it at all. Uh, Right now, I think the economy might, might uh, might be a factor. But since I haven't been looking here this past few months, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I know by what I'm perusing now and then, online and through workcamper.com that certainly the the positions are out there you know if you're willing to you know go that distance and if you're qualified for them there's plenty of positions out there for people to take up on what are some of the perks that you've enjoyed as a work camper um well one is is being in an area in in learning that area the local flavor if you will i think that's a perk so you know, if you take a work camping job, for example, let's just say the Black Hills, because there's so many opportunities there, you get to learn the Black Hills, not just Mount Rushmore, but the Black Hills. You get to learn all of it. 
or you can you can immerse yourself into the local history, the local culture, the local fair, uh, and and just enjoy yourself and and learn so much about it. And to me, that's important. Uh, that that you know, I enjoy history, so I like going to all those historic places and just experiencing it, just living this lifestyle. I, I I don't worry about having to paint my house. I don't have a house anymore. <laughs> it just affords you the opportunity to, you know, pick up stakes and, and, and change the view out your front window. And then whatever perks, if you will, benefits that come from, you know, your, your employer, uh, that whatever work camping event you're in, whether, whether they provide it, you know, it might be a free, it would be a free campsite. That's what you're looking for. And anything else, you know, uh, propane. Um, for my fifth wheel, I don't think I bought propane in the last three years. <laughs> so just, you know what I mean? That's a perk. You need to spend so, a winter in Wisconsin then. No, we won't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's the other perk. You know, you can just follow the seasons. You don't have to sit in one place and, mm-hmm. you know, just have a good vehicle or, or good RV and just drag it south. Have have all and, of your jobs uh, been paid? No, just the one where I hauled grain for that farmer. That was a paid position. Okay. So the other so, times and, you've been volunteering? Well, the other times have been a free campsite. So I would suppose that's paid. I've not done any volunteer work. I did look at a Corps of Engineer place, but decided against it because it just wouldn't fit. I suppose uh, it helps being a military veteran. You get that pension. And that helps finance your travel. A good pension certainly expands your, I'll take this or I'll take that, or I won't do this or I will do that option, (laughs) lack of a better word. It gives you a lot more flexibility, that's for sure. More flexibility, exactly. So you get to pick and choose a little bit more. Have you faced any challenges, either as an RVer or as a work camper? Well, if anybody knows as an RVer, if they're thinking about getting into RVing, you need to have a just understand that there's always something every day. The term that I use with my partner, Debbie, is I said, there's always something, you know, something will break and Oh my God, we need a new light bulb here. This needs to be replaced. There's always something, even with brand new ones. So you'll always face that challenge of maintaining your home in a, in a system in, or in a way where you can move it from one place to another with confidence. And it doesn't matter what kind of RV you buy or purchase, um, whether it's a class A or a fifth wheel, whether it's brand new or used, you're going to have those challenges and they come at the most inopportune times and you just deal with it. You roll with that punch. Um, so I would have a plan for that. That's been a challenge. Uh, the other challenge has been to, um, is, in, in the limited experience I have with work camping is that the expectations by you and that campground owner match. In other words, um, you're both honest about what it is that they want and what it is that you can do. And just make sure that you don't drive a thousand or 2000 miles to go to a position and find out that each of you weren't being honest with each other. That can that can happen, and then it does happen to a lot of people. 
and just make sure that in the process of you communicating with that work camping position, that that entity or company or campground, that you know you get you're you're both crystal clear on what what's expected of both of you, you know, before you make that jump. So that has been a challenge, uh, meeting those expectations and just being prepared for the unexpected because you, you'll always have that here. So, or in this lifestyle, That's there's a- something always going on, whether mechanical issues, um, uh, family issues, health can be an issue. You know, you have to um, plan your, your, your seasons or your trips based on when you go to see, do your annual physical, you know, and, and for retirees, you know, those physicals could be a little bit more involved. So, or as you age, so you need to be prepared for that and have a plan for it. That's been a challenge. You had mentioned that the RVs break and everybody who has one knows that to be the case. Do you yeah. generally fix the problems yourself or do you, look for somebody to do it for you i'll fix it myself okay as long as i can climb up on a roof or chlorella up underneath them i'll fix it myself now there's been some instances where i couldn't and it was easier for me to uh contact somebody to do it for me and i've done that so but for the most part you know there's a list of tools that uh, that i think every RV owner should have and may, and keep in their RV and never be without them and to get tools and learn how to use them and apply them, you know, like a multimeter, a multimeter can save you thousands of dollars. It's important that, that they have a list of tools or, or, or a supply of tools or an inventory of tools to, uh, to help them save themselves from, you know, huge expenses. Tell those of us who are not technically literate what a multimeter is. A multimeter is one where you measure values of uh, electrical components. So, um, well, this light doesn't work, for example. What's going on here? And they'll buy a new light fixture, for example. Granted, that may not be that big of an issue, but think of the, if you did just went in there and make sure that power was getting to the light, then you know. Now a lot of people will take that light out, put a new, put a different light in, and, and and it still won't work. Then they know they don't have power. It's just my way of checking systems, like uh, your shore power where you plug into. You know, just take the multimeter and, and check the shore power at the campground at the campsite, and make sure that you're getting proper voltage out of that that leg. Instead of relying on a a five or six hundred dollar piece of equipment, you could have got a multimeter for you know, a good one for $75 and done the same thing. Yeah, you know, a good tire gauge, a good tire gauge, for example, for your tires. And everybody that drags a trailer or even a Class A with duels or Class C with duels, you know how important it is tire pressure is. You know that. And to, to go and buy a cheap tire gauge, for example, is just, just the wrong thing to do. Buy a good tire gauge. And I recommend the ones at truck stops. Get those big trucker tire gauges and use those that kind of thing just have a good toolkit mm-hmm. a multimeter and a tire gauge will save you thousands of dollars what are some of the yeah. things on your bucket list or things you'd still like to do i want to do an east coast run i want to do a west coast run north to south 
you know, there's places like it's little things. I, I love history. So I wouldn't mind standing where Lincoln gave the Gettysburg address. I want to go to Gettysburg. I've never been there. I've driven past it, but never been in it. I want to, uh, uh, I want to go down to the Florida Keys because I'm military. I can stay on the naval bases there. I want to spend at least a month, you know, on the key everywhere. It just all 50 states is a bucket list. We certainly have that ability. Uh, Debbie and I have that ability to do that. It's just executing it. That's my bucket list. Just all 50 states and, and particular places that, that are significant in, in this country's history, for example, for me anyway. I had forgotten about military bases. Then, As a retiree, you'd yeah. be able to park at any of the campsites that they have at the bases? Right. Yeah, you can. Reservations to be made. Some are first come, first serve. Uh, some are uh, not. They they may restrict them. They may open them. COVID changed some things, but the base commander, or the local commander, or the base commander, I should just say, it's up to that person whether or not they allow um, what types of uh, military card holders are allowed to use the base. For the most part, if you're retiree, active duty, et cetera, you're allowed uh, to use those, uh, they call them family camps or fam camps and they're spread out throughout the nation. Uh, most of them are in the South, in the South air bases, that sort of thing. A lot of forts, um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, Fort McCoy has a fam camp here, uh, in Wisconsin. Um, they're, uh, certainly a, a a huge value uh, over, you know, a privately owned campground. And, you know, for me uh, as a retiree, I want to uh, draw from those benefits. So, um, you know, using the fam camps, you're, you, know, you go on to a family campground, spend a couple of days there and restock your refrigerator from the, from the commissary you know, and then go to the PX and enjoy those sorts of things and the security that comes with it from being on a, a military base, et cetera. So it gives you a peace of mind. Very so good. Yeah, fam camps are huge. And uh, America's passport, and if you're a veteran now, you get the same benefits as uh, America the Beautiful Pass, I guess it is, you know, for national parks, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Corps of Engineer Parks have been a, certainly a, a place for us to stop and enjoy the benefits of that. So, Are there yeah. any restrictions on the number of days you can stay at one of these fam camps? No. Uh, well, it might be 30 days. Um, I know that there's a couple of places, high traffic places, for example, Key West will allow you to stay 30 days and then you got to leave. The uh, fam camp or RV park, it's a fort, Bliss, Texas, down in El Paso, you can stay the season. Well, that's nice. So, yeah, yeah. So you can season down there if you wish. Mm-hmm. Nellis Air Force Base, I think they do the same thing there in Las Vegas. Nellis, uh, they uh, let you stay the season. How do you find work camping jobs? Uh, through workcamper.com. Okay. Um, and then word of mouth. And then, you know, I have this network already. You know, of, of people that I've interviewed with and said, look, you know, if, I'll call you if, if something comes up or if I'm in the area. Can I keep in mind? They always say, yeah, give me a call. You never know. So some jobs that I keep in mind, I, I think, are like DigiKey. 
up in Deep River Falls, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good fit. And then also um, the oil well gate guarding stuff. Sounds like something I might want to try. So we've been talking about that kind of thing. Is there any advice you'd give to somebody who's thinking about becoming a work camper? Yeah, just make sure that uh, you have a, I would still have a good, strong resume. I would have good equipment or, you know, a a good RV to stay in. It's your home. And and go to where you want to go, you know. Uh, with with the idea to uh, to stay flexible in terms of if you say well I want to spend my summer in Florida well maybe take it to Florida and maybe along the southern coast so look at Alabama look at Mississippi look at Louisiana too and try to you know if you're looking at it from where your family's at they, that might constrict you in terms of where you work camp but if you look at it in terms of uh, weather, you know, expand your, your area a little bit when you, when you search and that'll help you immensely. So maintain that flexibility. Uh, if you say, well, I only want to work camp in this particular state or in this particular, uh, region, you know, a, a section of the state, then you're going to, obviously you'll limit yourself in those opportunities. So I would, uh, keep an open mind, you know, uh, the UP of Minnesota is just as good as the Northwoods of Wisconsin. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even the boundary waters of Minnesota, the UP of, of, of Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, and northern Wisconsin. I would open up to that and just say, you know, northern Wisconsin. So okay. I would maintain that kind of flexibility. So That's solid advice. Well, thank you very yeah. much, John. I really appreciate oh. your time. This has been great information. Sure. Sounds like you're having good. fun doing this. I am, Greg. We yes, we are. We are. We have a great time. There's nothing like it. I have no regrets getting rid of sticks and bricks and putting all that behind me. John Swinford has certainly enjoyed a varied work camping and RVing experience since he started doing it full-time four years ago. I appreciate him sharing his story with us today. Having a military pension that provides income every month enables John to volunteer for many of the work camping jobs he's had in exchange for a free campsite. Yet that still helps him cover a big chunk of travel expenses while doing things he's really interested and skilled in performing. John offered some solid advice for work campers. First, expect challenges to pop up at the most inopportune time. So learning how to diagnose and repair common problems with an RV will save money, time, and frustration. Second, be clear in understanding what employers are expecting from work campers and what work campers can expect to get from employers. Knowing that upfront alleviates a lot of frustrations many people seem to have on the job. Third, create a strong resume that lists all the skills a work camper can provide to any potential employer. And be sure to update it after every job to show the type of work most recently performed. Fourth, be flexible in selecting a location you want to visit. Many work campers focus on one city or a state, like the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, when Northern Wisconsin offers the same type of experiences. John also touched on a key benefit military veterans have, but few talk about, and that's the ability to stay on military installations. 
He and his travel partner like to stay on bases for a few days to explore the area and stock up their refrigerator and supplies by using the base commissary. Some bases allow people to stay for 30 days or even an entire season, which enables work campers to find paid jobs in the nearby community. I wish John the best of luck as he continues his travel and work camping experiences. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course and community produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on every topic. There's no wrong time to get started, so for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. That's all I have for this week's show. Next time, I'll be speaking with an employer who will describe one of the best-paying professional jobs for work campers. His franchise is looking for people right now to work next spring, but there are similar jobs in just about every other state. I'll have more details on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.